0: Hi, guys. It's Joe Wolverton. I am back with another podcast. Now, there are probably many of you who are saying to yourselves, Joey, you've had a Teacher of Liberty podcast. I've watched the Teacher of Liberty podcast several years ago, and that is true. But guys, I want to tell you, I am back, and this podcast may have the same name, but it has a different aim, okay? This is not going to be at all Well, I won't say at all because it's still me and it's still going to be some history stuff, but it's going to be aimed at something totally different. Uh, So even though you may have watched and subscribed, and I'm really grateful for those of you who did, and I hope that you watch and subscribe this one and pass it along to your friends. But more than that, I hope you're able to recognize the difference between this podcast and the Teacher of Liberty podcast I did a few years ago. Okay. Okay. Now, the main difference, let me explain, well, let me tell you about myself. For those of you who maybe are new, uh, I'm Joe Wolverton. I used to be a lawyer, a constitutional lawyer. I was a college professor. I was a high school teacher. I write books. I write articles for national news magazines. But one of the things that I've discovered about myself is something that i've been thinking about since i was in college when i was in at undergrad i re, I had a class on plato and i remember reading the republic plato's republic and in there him talking about how people were gold silver and bronze and how The society functioned best when gold people did gold jobs and silver people did silver jobs and bronze people did bronze jobs. Now, not that's not a value like he's not saying gold's better than silver and silver. Not like that, but basically just saying different people are born with different talents. And I've always thought about that since college. And I've come to discover that my talent is in teaching. It's where I have passion. It's where I'm able to communicate best. It's where when I feel most comfortable. And it's the way that I'm best able to do, to help the cause to which I am devoted. And that's the cause of returning liberty to this people, of breaking the chains of tyranny and making us free again. Now, that is the, the ultimate aim. The end goal, right, is to, for us to be free again, for the Constitution to be followed. But you can't follow something you don't know. And liberty is not something you necessarily want if someone tells you, let's be free, and you're thinking, well, I'm fine now. Why would you ever try to help someone, try to help this cause of liberty if you think you're fine like you are? You know, Machiavelli in his Discourses on Livy, he said, You can't compel people who are comfortable under slavery to be free. And people that really understand freedom, you can't enslave them. So there's a lot hidden in that, guys. There's a lot in that statement by Machiavelli, who is a guy that on this podcast, you're going to come to learn that. Pretty much 99% of the people who make comments about Machiavelli have never read Machiavelli because this is a guy who was a Republican with a small r, okay, not GOP Republican. He was a, a, a Republican with a small r. He was a really good writer, and insightful thinker, and you're going to come to know him a lot better in this, in this podcast, along with a lot of other people. But this podcast we can't. I, I can't help restore liberty if you don't know what liberty is. And if you really understand freedom, you would never let tyranny take control of your country, of your people. And we have. So the idea that came into my head was, I'm going to start a new podcast, but I'm going to remember the main thing is, I'm a teacher. This is not, guys, another one of those political podcasts. I am not going to get involved in politics. I'm putting principle over party and over politics. And I hope you all are able to take these principles that I teach, these stories that I share with you, these lessons that I've learned and then share with you all. I hope you're able to take these lessons, these principles, and apply them. To our political situation. But that's not my job. My job is simply to give you the raw materials and then you use those to build the ship of state that most suits you, your generation. OK, so this is not going to be a podcast where you can come on and get fired up about, you know, Biden or Trump or Any of the things like that, how many genders people say there are and that kind of stuff. I am starting this podcast anew because I want to help elevate, not instigate. Okay, I want to raise the discourse by increasing our understanding of the timeless value of liberty. Because at the end of the day, I truly believe that if we read what our founding fathers read, we will do what our founding fathers did. And that is run tyranny away from our shores. Okay, I really believe that. And we all have a role. My role is teacher. And for those of you who've had my class, I hope you agree with that. And if you don't, don't tell anybody. No, I'm just teasing you tell people, because I want y'all to be really into this. I want this to be the podcast that people listen to when they want to be lifted up, when they want to learn things that have been purposefully hidden from us. And you need to understand that, guys. These stories that I tell, these names of these writers and these thinkers, these authors, all of these things used to be taught to American children, young Elementary school age American children. But today they are completely forgotten. And that's not accidental. The people that control the government and have controlled the government for many generations, they know that to keep us enslaved, they need to keep us ignorant. Right? Just like the saying over my shoulder there from Mr. Madison... That knowledge is the only sure guardian of liberty. I'm telling you, chapter one of Tyranny for Dummies is keep them ignorant. And the best way to do that is take control of schools, which they have done. Take control of what gets put in textbooks, which they have done. And then it's not like you don't have to burn a book, right? They're not out here burning these books, that these stories that I'm going to tell you about. No, just keep them from being read, and it'll have the same effect. Don't draw attention to a book by burning it. Just remove it from the library, quietly shut up about it, don't teach it anymore, and eventually no one will be familiar with those stories anymore until now. I'm going to start sharing these stories with you. These stories that have been forgotten. These stories that will inspire you. These stories that will enlighten you. And I hope entertain you sometimes. Some of this stuff is supposed to be funny. And for those of you who don't know, this isn't going to be always serious and always you know, coming at you with hard and, and uh, scary, dystopian things. I don't believe in that. I believe a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And the medicine in this case is history. You know, Livy, a name that I'm sure many of y'all don't know, but in his book, Livy, remember I told you Machiavelli did a, a book, Discourses on Livy? Okay, well, this is Livy. In his book of history, he writes that the study of history is the best medicine for a sick mind. Now, I don't know about y'all, but me, my mind occasionally gets sick when I look at the condition our country is in. I get worried and it does trouble my mind. But then I remember my Livy and how he says the study of history is the best medicine for that. Because you can look back across the panorama of time and say, hey, they had these problems and they successfully overcame them. So if we do the same thing, maybe we can successfully overcome them. And in fact, Polybius, another name you haven't heard of, but you're going to get to know, you're going to know it like you wrote it, right? If you stay with me with this podcast every week, and you listen to these episodes, and, and that's all I'm asking you to do, right? My goal is going to be where I get other people to, I guess, pay for these classes, because these are classes that I could charge for and that I do and have charge for. But I want to I get the movement going faster. And the way to do that is to get sponsorships and the like. And that's what I'm going to aim to do so that all y'all have to do is just tune in. And listen for 45 minutes, an hour, two hours, whatever I go. You know how it is. I'm going to get on a roll and I'm going to forget. When are y'all going to, y'all ain't even here. I'm going to have to get a clock, put it up on the wall so I know how much time has gone by. But anyway, Polybius, back to that. You see how I do? You see, I just get going. And then Polybius, right, speaking of cause and effect, Polybius wrote a history as well. And Polybius said this. He said, if you can understand the concept of cause and effect and you read history then you will be able to predict the future of any country all right you can look at history and if you know cause and effect you can say boom that causes this so i can see what's going to happen in the future people often ask how are our founding fathers how are they so able to predict correctly what would happen in tyranny and Liberty being attacked and government growing out of control. How were they so able to be so accurate in their predictions? Because they studied history. They knew Polybius. They could quote you Polybius, right? You ever wonder why their stuff, they always sign them with names from classical history? You know, why why are the Federalist Papers signed uh, uh, Publius? Do you know who Publius is? James Madison could have told you who Publius was when he was eight years old, right? Why, why Cato, right? Why Brutus? Why Amphictyon? Why Phocion? These are all things that are going to come. You're going to know these things. And now I know that knowing these things, our generation, your generation, younger than me, maybe, maybe the tyrants don't care so much that we know. But you know what they're really afraid of? They're afraid that some of you might take these things that I teach in this podcast and you might teach it to your children because they know that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And they know that some of y'all might take these things and your children, those little babies of yours, might be the first babies raised from the cradle learning the value of liberty from the same sources as our founding fathers learned, the value of liberty. They will come to understand as children, just like our founding fathers did as children, where your rights come from and why they are worth fighting for and occasionally dying for. Right? You will, they are afraid that your children will grow up and be like those dairy farmers in Lexington Green getting up at four in the morning and facing off against one of the world's most powerful, professional, trained armies. What taxation with representation didn't get them out of bed. Hating the Stamp Act didn't get them out of bed. Hating the Townsend Acts, that didn't make them stand there with their hunting musket, facing off against the King's best trained soldiers. What got them up is, they and I'll tell you this story right from a veteran, a veteran of Lexington. We'll make a podcast of that later. But he said, we had been governing ourselves and we wanted to keep doing it. They wanted to stop us. So The tyrants are afraid, not that you and I will know these stories, but that you might teach these stories to your children. And those children will grow up and will not accept tyranny the way we have. All right. So cause and effect. If you understand cause and effect and you know how to read history and if you've read history, then you can predict the future of any country. Right. You had Plutarch. Well, I'll tell you, Charles Pinot Duclos, let me say that one first. Charles Duclos, a French thinker, he he said, you know, we see on the stage of the world the same scenes played over and over, just different actors, the the same causes and the same misfortunes. And he says, if you can predict the cause, you can avoid the misfortune. And guys, that's the only reason... I am alive. That's my reason for living. And I mean that. I don't mean that hyperbolically. I mean that literally. I want to teach you all these stories. These principles. These lessons. That are going to help you discover. What led to the misfortunes. So that we can avoid repeating endlessly those misfortunes. Because guess what? People like to say history doesn't repeat it. History repeats itself. No, it doesn't. History is just a written record of people making the same stupid mistakes generation after generation after generation. Well, we can make it stop. We can make it stop. Right? That's why we study history. Now, right? Livy. Right? Best medicine for a sick mind. Polybius. If you study history and you know cause and effect, then you can predict the future of any country. Charles Duclos, same scenes over and over on the stage of time. The same causes leading to the same misfortunes. And if you can avoid the cause, you can avoid the misfortune, right? Plutarch, one of these, you know, he's known and probably don't know his name either. But Plutarch is a guy, he's known for having written the biographies of the noble Greeks and Romans. And in one of these biographies, a biography of a guy named Timoleon, you don't know who he is, but I'm telling you what, our founding fathers adored Timoleon. They, he was one of their heroes. And they learned about him through Plutarch's biography. And Plutarch, at the beginning of his biography of Timoleon, and we're going to have a story about Timoleon, you're all going to be like, how come nobody ever told me about Timoleon? And I hope you remember this. Go back and watch episode one. and tell you because of chapter one of tyranny for dummies. Keep them ignorant. And the best way to do that is keep these stories out of school. Right? So, Timoleon, at the beginning of his biography of Timoleon, Plutarch writes, You know, I started out writing these bi- biographies, hoping that people would read these things and, and be inspired by these stories. He said, But then I realized, he says, I'm writing these for me. He says, I'm holding these up like a mirror to my own behavior. I can see the worthiest of men, the most virtuous people, and I can look at myself and say, am I acting like them? And he says, but I also can see the most wicked, the most vicious, the most evil people. And he says, I hold that up and say, Or am I acting more like them? And he says, by having those examples held up to me, he said, I was able to alter my behavior to mirror the worthiest, to model the virtuous, and to reject the vicious. That's why we study history. Because it is my firm conviction That if we study these things, that we will come to appreciate our liberty, to want to fight for our liberty in whatever way you're called, gold, silver, bronze, whatever, whatever your particular talent is, that you will apply it to the cause of restoring liberty to our people, all right? I'm a teacher, and that's what I'm going to keep doing, okay? But I, and I want to warn you something at this, at this stage right now. I want to warn you. John Locke, in his essay on human understanding, he said, so often people will reject something s- true that is new to them simply because it's new. They'll just reject it. Not because it isn't true, but because it's new And they just will, that's just human nature. They'll reject it. Thucydides, another name that you probably don't know, but you're going to know. Thucydides, in his history of the Peloponnesian War, he's at the very beginning, he's writing and he's saying, now some of y'all, you just don't take the time to find out if what I'm saying is true. It's just you've never heard it, so you reject it, and you just hold to whatever you were first taught. He said most people are just not motivated enough to investigate things to see if they're true or not. So a lot of these things that I'm going to tell you, you won't have heard before. But don't reject them just because you haven't heard them before. I'm going to try my best in the show notes to include the names of you know anybody that I that I quote, any of the quotations that I use. I'm gonna do my best to include them in the show notes, right? But just don't reject these things. Just write out because you, let's let's not do what John Locke and Thucydides said that most people do. Just reject new things. Thomas Gordon, you'll learn about him too, because he was, you know, you know Thomas Gordon. Do you know? There is one of our most eminent historians said if it wasn't for John Trenchard and Thomas Gordon, there would have been no war for independence. And y'all don't even know who they are on purpose. But Thomas Gordon, he was translating Sallust, who, you know, who, do you even uh, Sallust, a name that's completely forgotten? And he's writing this essay in the beginning and he talks about how, man, people just get so defensive about their education. When they find out that there's stuff out there that they didn't they weren't taught, they get defensive about their education. Don't do that, cuz guess what guys? I had to go through the same thing. I had to I had to be, you know, disabused of all these things that I thought were true, right? I had to be taught and it was painful, but I decided, like Patrick Henry said, right? Just give me the truth and let me deal with it as painful as it is. And so when I learned these things and I started sharing them with people, I saw that other people got fired up the way I did and wanted to read more the way I did, right? So don't just reject this stuff because it's new, be grateful. That you're able to, that we live in a day when this technology, we can share this with each other. And what I'm sharing with you, again, elevate, not instigate. Okay? My role is to give you that stuff that you can use as raw material. To build, to repair, to, not to repair, to restore our Constitution, to restore our people's love, zealous love of liberty, right? And, of course, like I say, many of these stories are going to be new. But, and I'm not asking you just to trust me. This I, I, I don't expect that any more than any other man. But I am going to tell you these things, and I'm going to tell you in the show notes where you can find them. And I want you to go and learn for yourselves and be like, well, Joey was telling the truth about that. And I'm going to tell you these stories and they are going to, you know, just, I hope, fill you with hope. Demosthenes, you know, it reminded me of Demosthenes. Now, any of y'all know me, you know Demosthenes is one of my favorites. And Demosthenes, there he was, Philip the Great, the father of Alexander the Great, breathing down the neck of Athens. And Demosthenes was there in the assembly now he's too young to be speaking so soon but he stands up and says i i know that i shouldn't be speaking this soon as young as i am he was 32. he's like i know i shouldn't be speaking as young as i am but i this is urgent and i need to speak to y'all he says because too many of you are getting up here and saying that our situation is hopeless you know there were so many of these athenians saying look let's just give in to philip at least he speaks Greek. It's better to have a, a, a tyrant who is one of us than one who, who's Persian. And Demosthenes is like, those are not our only two choices. And he says, so many of you getting up here and saying, just accept Philip. It's hopeless. He's way too powerful. Right? He, We're outarmed. We're outnumbered. Let's just do the, the smart thing and give in. And Demosthenes says, no, I'm going to stand up here, he says, and I'm going to recite to you some of the history of our city, and you're going to see that things have been hopeless before. And even though things have been hopeless before, we have overcome. We have miraculously, he said, we have miraculously overcome great odds against armies that outnumbered us that were better armed than us that were better trained than us but we were victorious and he's like i'm going to stand here and remind you of that so that you can see and so i joey am reminding you and i'm going to continue reminding you in this podcast of our history the history of western civilization I am going to remind you that things have been hopeless, seemed hopeless before, but we have overcome and we have come off victorious. And these stories are purposely left out of history curricula, of history textbooks, of popular little history books. Why? Because those people don't want you to be hopeful. They want you to feel hopeless and I'm not going to just go down with the ship and just say, well, you know, we did it while it left. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to take a dive on this one. This is the hill I will die on. I believe that if we can restore a knowledge of history to our people that we can restore a love of liberty to our people. And if we can restore a love of liberty to our people, then we can rid ourselves of the tyranny that is enslaving our people. I really do believe that. And I believe we can do that joyfully, but I believe sometimes it's going to be, you know, a little, you know, it's going to be a bitter pill. But like I said, we're gonna get a spoonful of sugar to help it go down. Now I wanna tell you something that um, everybody always asks: what What can we do? What's our first step toward getting to this place? Well, first step is watch this podcast. Please share this podcast. Let's get to where people can hear these things. You want to win? Let's spread the information. Communication. You know, Aristotle in his book Politics, in book five, he talks about when tyrants take over, the one thing they they definitely, one of the many things they do, and I'm going to have a whole podcast episode about it, but he's like, one of the things they do is they don't want people communicating. They don't want you to know your neighbors. Right? They want to keep people separate from each other so they don't know each other, so they can't communicate with each other. Well, let's, let's spoil that little game. Let's knock that playhouse down together. Spread this podcast around. Share it. Subscribe and share it. Tell people about this. However you do it, do it. That's the first step. But now I'm going to talk about something that is the real first step. Virtue. There is no liberty. Without virtue. There is no liberty. Without virtue. We as a people. If we were virtuous. Said Algernon Sidney. A virtuous people would never accept. Being ruled by a tyrant. But we have. So we're not. But we can restore that too. If I want to have a more virtuous country, I got to have a more virtuous Joey. And then a more virtuous home, a more virtuous neighborhood, a more virtuous state, etc., etc. But it starts with me. I have to be more virtuous, right? And I want to tell you a story. This is how I'm going to end today. And I hope you all have already enjoyed this. Please share this. Right. If you like, don't share it and say, look at, well, maybe, you know, what's that Oscar Wilde says? Only one thing worse than being talked about, not being talked about. So maybe if you even hate it, share it. Who knows? Right. Maybe that will be a good thing. I don't know. But if you've liked it, if you've enjoyed it, please share it. Please let's bust up this game that they've been playing with us. Let's refuse to be pawns. Right. Let's learn these lessons. Let's teach these lessons. Let's read what our founders read and do what our founders did. How about it? All right. I'm going to close out with one last lesson. One last little story. Lycurgus, the lawgiver of Sparta. Lycurgus is tasked with giving Sparta a written constitution. So he decides what he's going to do is he's going to go to all the Places in the known world, his known world, and he's gonna take a little bit from each of the best constitutions, so that Sparta will have the best constitution. He's gonna take just the best parts of all of these constitutions. Well, he goes to this place, and he had, and he he goes and he's walking along the streets. I was Lycurgus, the lawgiver of Sparta. He comes to this island kingdom, and he's walking around the streets, and he sees that it's clean the people seem nice they 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 seem kind they he doesn't see a lot it doesn't seem dirty or vulgar it just seems like a really nice place and so he's like how is this place so amazing and so he finally gets an audience with the king and he's like i got to ask you or he's like i'm assuming he says You must have the strictest laws ever, and you must punish the violation of those laws very severely. And the king says, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I've been walking through your kingdom, and the people are nice. They all seem to be uh, law-abiding, kind, good, virtuous people. And he's like, there's no way you could keep a place like that unless for every little slight uh, infraction, you just threw the book at them. And the king said, No. Uh-uh. And Lycurgus said, Well then how do you come to have a population so virtuous, so committed to goodness, to kindness? How do you how did you accomplish that? And the king responds, he says, What we do is We create an atmosphere that promotes virtue. Our plays promote virtue. Our poems promote virtue. Our music promotes virtue. Our entertainment in every way promotes virtue and shows. The dishonor of wickedness and he says by having our people surrounded by virtue in school in the theater in music at home by surrounding the people with virtue he said they have become and this is the phrase plutarch uses describing it they have become insensibly softened to virtue. Insensibly meaning without even recognizing it, they became more virtuous because they were surrounded in an atmosphere that exalted virtue and debased and dishonored wickedness. That's how these people came to be like this, like Not because our laws are so strict and our punishment so severe, but because we have created an atmosphere that extols and exalts virtue. And virtue has insensibly softened our people. So guys that lesson let's try that this week yeah let's try to look at those things that we're taking in through our eyes and our ears and see if they're promoting virtue in ourselves or are is the music in our entertainment the videos we watch the movies the songs we listen to all of these things that we are putting into our eyes and our ears are those things insensibly softening us to virtue or to something else because there is and never will be liberty without virtue so take this story and do like plutarch said hold it up and say What am I, what atmosphere am I creating in my mind and heart? Am I being insensibly softened to virtue because the things I listen to, the things I watch, the music, the entertainment, the videos, are these things, am I becoming a more virtuous person because I'm letting virtue in my eyes and ears? Or am I simply saying I want to be virtuous But the things that I allow in my eyes and ears are creating a different, less virtuous atmosphere. Take that as a goal this week and try to just take it up a notch, right? That's all we can do. I'm going to do the same thing. Just take those things that you're listening to and that you're watching. Turn the virtue up a notch, okay? And...